We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Friday night, 9.30 p.m. The Warriors have just beaten the New Orleans Pelicans without Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. They're 7-1. I have Aaron Larson with me, and I feel very confident in saying one thing. Uh-oh, the what's Warriors that? Are good, the Warriors are a good basketball team. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're just they – are, they, are, they are playing good. Um and I think the reason, you know, it's, it's the cliche, the strength in numbers stuff, but I, it, it feels kind of legitimate, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, so we can get into the minutia of like, do they have enough creators? How is this going to look against a locked in team in like the conference finals and all that stuff? It's November 5th. We can, you know, we have all year to worry about that stuff. I think what I'm most right. encouraged about is this team has a very strong identity and they look poised to get off to a vi- – I mean, they're 7-1. and one. They look poised to continue to rack up wins and put themselves in a good position going into the home stretch of this season, as, which is different than last year. Last year was turmoil pretty much for two-thirds of the season until they finally figured it out. So just off the bat, could not be asking for much more. Yeah, I think the thing to be most encouraged about, and it kind of ties in with the the strength and number stuff. I think um, the thing to be most encouraged about, if you're a Warriors fan, is that the Warriors, so far at least, have been able to beat people in a bunch of different ways, um, and that hasn't been the case, you know, the last couple. Well, two years ago, they didn't beat anybody in any case, but like last year, it was kind of if Steph, if Steph ain't doing, shout it, out Omar Spellman, yeah, <laughs> right. If Steph ain't doing it, like it's not happening. And I mean, that is still in the arsenal for the Warriors, but even in just different types of games, obviously there's a bunch of guys now as shooters, maybe not as, as much creation as you'd like, but a bunch of shooters to, to help Steph out. But it looks like uh, Steve, when he looks down at the bench, it's just a bunch of guys that can play and a bunch of guys that can do different things. So whatever a specific game requires, it looks like there are just options upon options to, to, to fit into whatever that game requires, which doesn't happen a lot in the NBA. Yeah, so you bring up Steph, and I think actually that's the most encouraging point. He was 5 for 15 tonight, 19 points, played a shade under 30 minutes. The game was over after three. This is on the backs of the Hornets game where he also didn't shoot the ball well. Now, in the Hornets game, he looked as sick as the report suggested. Um, But the point stands. A year ago, I could not see this team winning back-to-back games comfortably with Steph Curry more or less being a decoy and being kind of just comfortably kind of like a B minus C plus level, given what he's capable of overall this year, they got players up and down the squad that can absolutely take advantage of just the attention Steph gets. And they don't need Steph to go for 35 a night to win games. They they're probably going to need that against the best teams, but like, against 25 teams in the NBA, they don't need that. Yeah, and, the, and the thing about it is, like, even the, the best teams in the NBA, they have, they have the best players, but it's not a lot of teams. There are some teams with some, with some decent depth, but 
you know, again, like there are just options for whatever, right? The Warriors can win in a rock fight. They can also shoot 53s like tonight and, and just, you know, obliterate you. They can turn your water off. So like the ability to uh, kind of play any style, I think is, is what is again, most in, encouraging um, so far. And like, I will put it out there. I think as of right now, the Warriors are the best team in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like them, it's the heat and it's the Utah jazz who are playing what feels like, and maybe throw the bulls in there at a level above everyone else at this stage of the season. Um, For me, we haven't even got to this so far, but it's like, it's not just tonight, but it's the whole season. The defense more than anything looks like the 2015 or 2016 warriors. Draymond looks completely revitalized. Now Draymond was excellent on defense last year, particularly down the stretch. And he's always been able to turn it up on that end when he wants to, but he looks locked in in a way I haven't seen since basically Kevin Durant's first year. And maybe that's health. Maybe that's motivation and wanting to prove something, but that guy who's like the force of nature, best defender of a generation. He's, he's back. He looks like he's in his mid twenties minus the, the salt pepper grays. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he, 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 he was channeling his GP two punching that one down the, down the lane yeah. in the first half. Uh, exactly. You know what I think it is with Dre? Um, and look, he still, he still can't make a jump shot. Um, but with Dre, I think, uh, defensive player of the year matters to him. But he says, he, he said, right, like, I don't care. I'm not playing for the playing game. I don't care. He, Dre is one of those guys that needs stakes. And right. I think he sees something in, in this Warriors team that may, is making him push from the beginning of the season. He also, you know, has, has tended to use the beginning of the season to get in shape uh, and hasn't been generally. But this year, I, I think playing um, playing for the Olympic team, you know, and, and actually hooping during the off season. I think that forced him to kind of maintain a better off season weight than he normally not, does. Not, not starting the season with COVID, which like also helps. Yeah. In retrospect, I mean, like it was noticeable the second half of the season last year versus the first half when he had a little extra burst in him. And considering we knew he had COVID to start the season, like, I think it's fair to say that might have been a bigger factor than maybe we gave credit for at the early part of last year. And, and the, actually the biggest thing, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I think the biggest thing that is really encouraging is the Warriors have, Looney's been terrible, but the Warriors either because of that by design, the fact that, that Wiseman is not ready yet. The, the Warriors have played pretty small. We're a terrible rebounding team last year. And the thought was that the Achilles heel was going to be, yes, the 15 and five finish to last year. Um, do you have something there? But if you're going to play small, are the Warriors going to get beat up on the glass? And, and at least entering tonight, the Warriors were the number one defensive rebounding team uh, in the NBA. I thought Valanchunas gave them some problems. Um, so, you know, maybe if there's one right. thing that is, if there's a little bit of concern, um, maybe the size could be a problem. And not even so much with the rebounding and the scoring. Uh, you know, getting Looney, theoretically getting Wiseman, getting Draymond in, in foul trouble is like the only thing that I would see from tonight where it's, eh, it wasn't great. But all year, the Warriors have been excellent on the backboard. So uh, there's a lot to like. You know, credit to the coaching staff on this one because it's like no one is better at turning players into fives than the Warriors, apparently. Like Otto Porter, <laughs> Otto Porter, Otto Porter. Look, I think his days of playing small forward are gone, but he's been pretty damn productive for this team. And he was productive tonight as a, as a front court player. He's just smart enough to know where to be so that his declining athleticism isn't exposed. And maybe he'll get exposed against, you know, the, the cream of the, like, like, you know, against a Giannis or someone you're not playing Giannis, you know, 28 out of 30 games or 29 out of 30 games. Right. So it's one of those things, but like he's able to, he's now rebounding the ball like a big man and he's stretching the floor and, and providing something for this team. He can throw Bielitz in there also. I think adding shooting to the front court, it, it was something I wanted them to do last year. And I wasn't really sure if they, they added it this off season. Like I know Bielitz and Otto can shoot, but like, can they defend and do well enough 
to like be on the court to matter. And so far through eight games, and they've had a relatively easy schedule, but the answer has been yes so far. So it's, it's, it's hard to not see that as a positive. Yeah. And, and the question I've, I said this on your show a lot, and especially last year is that I thought to maximize the Warriors, they needed to maximize Steph offensively. And they did, they traded some theoretical better defensive players for more shooting and more offensive players. This right. year. But the defense has been, well, the defense is number one in, in, in the NBA right now. And I think the answer to like, can Porter guard, like, uh, Bridges torched him the other night, but can Porter guard, can be elites a guard. They're not great defensive players, but when you're surrounded with Draymond and Iggy and, and GP two, you know, like you can get by, um, if you're big and, you know, have decent hands and whatever, you can get by. The problem is if you have like too many guys that are a complete liability on right. defense, then you run into problems. But um, with lineups that have some defenders on the floor, you can get away with guys that aren't great. Um, and especially, you know, unless, unless you're getting targeted in the pick and roll over and over and over, um, you know, as, as a big guy, you can kind of get away with, you know, I'm going to be in the right place at the right time, even if I can't move anymore. It's like, shout out Looney. Yeah. And it's like, and maybe this is a thing we need to talk about when we get to like the more serious part of the season and when it gets real matchup based, but like overall, the Warriors do have a lot of athleticism and length on the wings that they can get away with, you know, like Otto just has to understand where to be. Bielitz has to understand where to be and be active. Like they don't, they're not going to be overly exposed, which reminds me now, how the hell does Andre Godal look this athletic at this stage you of his career? <laughs> you know what? You, you think there's a, there's some kind of witch's brew, something happening? What do what, what are you, what are we saying here? I don't know, man. The, the, the Steve Kerr is just, whatever the culture juice is going on. <laughs> the culture juice. I, uh, I mean, look, he's always been a dude that's been, in 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 really really great shape he's been in yeah he's, he's, not, out of, even, he's not out of shape guy yeah i mean That's even sure. like even for the nba he's um and he knows he knows how to play he does he does really look great it's always the hands are still there the iq is still there and look it's early in the year he hasn't played a lot yet so you know let's check back in 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 20 30 games um but because of what I talked about earlier, that strength in numbers nonsense and, and the fact that there really are, the Warriors do have, you know, a bunch of guys that can play. Um, there, are, there aren't just like empty roster spots that the Warriors have had in the past that there is, there is time. And, and especially, shout out G2. RIP, smiley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, absolutely. Um, well, maybe Chris Shields. Well, he's on a two-way. So, But like it, there is, because you don't have to necessarily have this great fall off if you're going to rest guys, you know, it, the Warriors should be able to find games where, where Iggy isn't needed, where you can take it. He, he has once already, especially because of GP two, right? You can come in and kind of do some of the, some similar stuff um, defensively. And, and, um, and Juan's Scott Anderson, like Juan's, um, I mean, he, he's not Draymond or Iguodala because guys of that caliber aren't just floating around the G league in general, but he can do a decent facsimile impression of both those guys. And I definitely like if Iguodala couldn't play tonight, like let's just say they wanted to give him a rest tonight. I would have felt very comfortable with Juan filling in like three quarters of his minutes and the Warriors being in a good position to win. And that's the type of thing they probably haven't been able to do the last few years. Even if you go back to KD's last year, like they didn't have like, Oh, any of the main five or six guys are out. Well, it's going to be a long night for whoever's filling in for them. Yeah. I just like, I, you know, I, I want to have some like, look, I don't think Juan has looked great to, no. to start the year. He's, he's but like, a slow, slow start, but like he, he is a, he is a competent throw him in against particularly like, what do we think of this Pelicans team? This is not a, this isn't even a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, they're, they, I mean, so far they're, they are, they're the worst team in the NBA by a wide margin so far. Yeah, I mean, particularly with particularly without Zion and Ingram, so it's like you know it's not it's not the greatest competition in the world, but like yeah, like the, the Warriors would have probably struggled without a player of like if a player like Iguodala hit the bench the last couple of years, and currently I think they can probably withstand him sitting against let's just say non playoff teams. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, for years, for even including those those KD teams, like when Steph went to the bench, it was it was a problem. And now the Warriors can win games when Steph goes to the bench. They can win the minutes when Steph goes to the bench. Even like in the opener, uh, it beat the Lakers, right? It was it was pool without Steph to to start the fourth that that really brought the Warriors where they needed to be. Uh, Steph hasn't played all that great for the last two games and and they've been able to and that like even with KD there was always a problem and with Steph not on the floor it's it's generally better the offense specifically is is even doing better than just being able to to like hold serve and stay afloat without Steph it's like right. it's incredibly encouraging I mean just you know I, I'd like to have some hot takes for you but the Warriors are just like the best team in the NBA right now they just like plainly are and if Draymond could figure out an eight-second violation, they'd be undefeated. <laughs> it's, it is kind of funny because on the one hand, I'm like, oh, Memphis kind of poked a, a hole in the Warriors, like, you know, which is going to happen because no one goes 82-0 and 0, and, like, every team's got some hole. And on the other hand, I'm sitting here, I was like, did they really or did the Warriors just throw that game away? So it's, it's kind of funny. It's a great start to the season. I want to get your opinion on GP2 before we open this to callers because you mentioned him and I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about him, you know, kind of star of the show against Charlotte and uh, put on quite a show against the Pelicans tonight. How much are you buying GP2? Uh, Completely. And I have, I have previously, I think we, we spend too much time with guys um, trying to figure out what they can't do. Right. And he can't shoot. That is the number one skill that is required in the NBA. And he can't. Right. But, but what I don't think Steve has done a great job of in the past and what he seems to be doing a very good job of presently is finding ways to uh, highlight what guys can do. And he has very specific NBA skills. And the Warriors staff and he deserve a lot of credit for taking advantage of the things that he can do. Um, he is an elite on-ball well, defender. He also fills the need. He's basically a four, maybe even a five sometimes offensively. He guards one through three. I mean, he was, he, he, was playing the, he was playing the dunker spot down the stretch there. Right. And, and you know what? I'm not, I wasn't mad at it because every time he was catching a lob, I jumped out of my seat. So, <laughs> so I, I think he deserves obviously a lot of credit. But the other thing, the reason why I say that he's a four, maybe even a five offensively is because the one thing that the Warriors for all that they have done very well offensively um, this year don't have somebody that really puts pressure on the rim. Steph right. does a little bit. Poole does a little bit. Wiggins once every 10 games will. But GP2 is one of those guys that puts pressure offensively on the rim, whether that's catching lobs, whether that's being in the dunker spot, uh, kind of running baseline and, and trying to go up and dunk on somebody. So he feels a need, especially until Wiseman is back, he feels a need uh, that the Warriors have offensively as a guy that can put pressure on the rim. And, and, and I, I want to tie into your point. This is why getting guys like Otto Porter and Bielita is so important for the Warriors because having legitimate big men who can stretch the floor to the three-point line and get guarded doing it allows you to play a guard who can't shoot the ball. It's in some level that simple. Like, would GB2 be able to do this stuff if the Warriors' big man rotation was Looney, Zaza, and, you know, 37-year-old Bogut? <laughs> I mean, it'd be, it'd be tough. It'd be tough. I'm just saying, like, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's a lot easier. You need, for, the, you need those David West 18-footers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's okay, that, but it's like, it does help that they added a couple front court players who are credible outside threats. That allows you to play a player like, like GP two is very clearly an NBA talent, but it's like the way the league trends, it's it's hard to play guards who can't shoot the ball. So it, having someone in the front court who can shoot the ball allows him to get a little more run out there. Yeah, I mean, I, yes, yes is the answer to that. You are correct. I think it's a it's a good point. And there for a team last year that was always looking for spacing and didn't have any. Um, right. Basically, I, you know, I keep I keep talking about this, but there are there are options all over the place for at least credible offensive threats um, around set, whether it's Poole or Bielitsa or or Otto Porter Jr. 
uh, Wiggins, like, is he a great three-point shooter? No, but he's shooting 39%, and you're not going to ignore him. Uh, D. Lee has, has shot the ball well. Juan Toscano Anderson has whatever. But there is always, you're never going to have to play lineups where you just have, like, it's Steph and nobody else, right, where there's no shooting right, right, around. Right. Um, and obviously that gets even better when, when Clay comes back. Um, and how it was cool to, to, uh, on the broadcast here, he's playing three on three. So, um, I think you're right, right. You can't like, you know, last year, if you're playing, if you're playing Kelly Oubre and, and Draymond and GP two, right. Then you're kind of like, and right. And then you're like, <laughs> and Wiseman. I don't know, but, yeah. um, because of the versatility, um, that, that this team has, you know, you can go to lineups that have as much shooting as you know required at least to to maintain a modicum of normal nba we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get let's get to the uh, the callers. If you want to, if you want to call and request to speak. And by the way, I'm calling I'm calling it now. Wiseman Wiseman should start for Looney. I mean, if you want to give him a couple games once he's back to come off the bench, but Wiseman needs to replace. Yeah, well, you know, Looney's not had the greatest this season, but anyway, Maxwell, what's up, man? Hey, how are you guys doing? Wonderful. What you got for? So I was, you guys have been talking about the center rotation. How much of a difference are you going to see in that rotation once Wiseman gets healthy and fully like gets incorporated with the offense? Great question, Maxwell. So I actually posed this one on Twitter earlier today, Aaron. And so right now, I'm going to put it to you this way. Right now, the Warriors are playing Looney, Bielitsa, and Otto essentially 48 minutes. So that's your center spot. And then you got Draymond playing about 32, 33 minutes. And then you got about 15 to 16 minutes of whether you want to call Wiggins or Juan or Iguodala, the power forward. That's basically their front court rotation right now. So what do you see happening when Wiseman comes in? I think they give him some time to see where he is physically see if any of the work that he's done, uh, you know, development wise, skill wise helps. And and look like he was, he was, he was decent offensively. He was an abject disaster defensively, but that that's what happens with 19 year old big guys. Uh, And there's usually a jump year one to year two. 
there's always a jump, not always, but then year two to year three. Also, you can look at DeAndre Ayton if you want. I mean, he was just right. as bad, if not worse, than Wiseman defensively uh, his rookie year. So I, I think, I mean, sure, you have to see where Wiseman is, but it's not like he's, you know, replacing Wilt Chamberlain. When I say he should start, it's not like he's replacing Wilt Chamberlain. Looney's been awful. Um, and first off, first off, Otto Porter looks a lot like Wilt Chamberlain. He does. Yeah, he does. Uh, he does. It, it's kind of weird that there's been, the word's been putting out graphics about that, right? With like, look with him in the background, um, which yes. is weird. Um, but it, like, he provides something that the Warriors need badly. Athleticism, size. I mean, they've gotten away with it so far, but athleticism, size, rim pressure that, that I talked about earlier. So I think that Wiseman will start maybe not right off the bat and, and you play them, you know, whatever, 20, 22 minutes and see what kind of development has been made. Again, I'm also a Wiseman true believer. I think he's going to be really good um, at some point. So my, my comments are clouded I with think, that. I think I, uh, I, I think, I think he is a better basketball player than Kevon Looney right now. I, I, I generally agree with you. Um, I think it's going to take probably a dozen games. But with with that said, he's going to be starting at some point this season. Um, and I think what happens with the big man rotation is instead of Bielitsa and Looney being locks to get minutes every night, they're going to end up in a matchup basis. There are – look, Looney's had a terrible start to the season, but there are matchups where Looney is a useful player. There's also matchups where he's not. And when you have Wiseman back, in theory – physically settled and kind of into a role. Plus you have your small ball lineups. Looney can go to a role that makes much more sense for him, which is kind of being a situational piece. Maybe he plays one night, maybe he doesn't, but it's not a big deal because, you know, he's not a high maintenance guy in general. And that's kind of his skill set. His skill set's like being a, I don't want to say a limited big, but kind of like a matchup big, right? Like he, he doesn't need to play every game. It's like the same thing that like, Taj Gibson or Udonis Haslam do have done over the years where you're like, okay, there, you know, there's a lot of matchups where I don't see what value you bring to the team, but like, I want you on the roster because I know there's times where I can really use. I agree with that. I, you know, look, I'm picking on, on Looney because he's been awful, but um, I, you know, there are, there are some matchups where his just kind of like calm positional defending right. helps, but like, the Warriors are, but it's rude. not every game. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And and he he provides nothing on offense. His hands are just as bad as as Wiseman's were last year, and it will open up so much for Steph and Draymond using Wiseman as a pick and roll partner, just because he can go up and crush lobs. You know, like Capella, who's not a great offensive player, like Capella and and, and Trey Young, right? Like Capella has yeah. basically no skill at all. But you put him in pick and roll with, with Trey Young, he's going to throw it, you know, it's two, three lobs a night. And so I think that is Looney a better defensive player than Wiseman right now? Probably. But Wiseman's size, athleticism, shot blocking ability makes up some of that ground. And I think what you're going to get offensively matters a lot more than the small diminishment maybe in, in Wiseman's defense. Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, nothing much. Just spent my uh, Friday night watching the Warriors beat the shit out of the Pelicans. And uh, what I'm reminded of right now... Yeah, 4v5. Um, What I'm reminded of right now is that 2014 team. And just the way I see it in Draymond's eyes, it looks like he... He's remembering that 2014 team and that feeling of building something new because the dynasty definitely took its toll on the players and feels like a fresh start for them. And I'm just excited to see where this goes, man. I ideally would like to get one more league average wing on the roster. But other than that, I'm liking what I see. And with Clay coming back, this is a very exciting roster, especially with how wide open the NBA looks this year with... Um, Harden being fat, um, Atlanta looking lost, uh, the Lakers looking like a geriatric squad. It goes on and on. Right, appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> I had something to say and I lost my train of thought right there. Oh, I was going to ask you this. So do you think that 
Clay will resolve some of the Warriors shot creation issues. No. Um, although, I mean, there's the, the little videos. He's been working on the handle. It looks like a little bit. Um, no, he's, not he's really. been, he's been working on the handle since day one. Like I, that's in, and by the way, you, you and I both know like Clay, Clay has got a better handle than anyone you've ever played with in pickup, but oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, I don't, I don't know that that's true actually, but um I think I think what what Clay does it's not even resolved because it hasn't been bad so far but I think one thing that Clay does is um all the the pressure that Steph causes defenses and causes them to break to get you know layups and dunks for other guys the Warriors led the the NBA right. in dunks last year um I think that Clay's movement without the ball and the fact that, you know, Clay is the second best shooter ever in the history, history of planet Earth. I think it builds on that strength and gets, I mean, you can call it shot creation, you know, gets shots at the rim for other guys because he just builds on that strength that the Warriors have now with, you know, Steph running all over the place and four well, guys I, getting confused. I'm going to have to inter- interrupt you, but Andre Godala with the quote on their seven and one start. Uh, we okay. A work in progress. We've had a favorable schedule, so you shouldn't look too much into it. I, I appreciate the immigrant dad logic from Igadala, who absolutely is not willing to let anyone on this team get ahead of themselves. Because he's right. Like, all right, they beat the Lakers on opening night in LA. That was an impressive win. Uh, although the Lakers. <laughs> it hasn't been great so far. <laughs> The Clippers win is a decent win. It's decent. Sure. Sure. And and they've taken care of business where they've had to, but it's, you know, it's like they can only play who's in front of them, but it's not like they're playing, you know, Milwaukee and Miami, every other name. So. Sure. Sure. But I, I guess the response to that, and then it was the, the, the last guy kind of hit it on the head that, that popped up um, as a caller. Like the Warriors schedule hasn't been great, but, the NBA hasn't been great, right? There's a lot of parody. It seems like, like who's really played well. Charlotte's a pretty good win. The Lakers are above 500 and, and had LeBron available. That's on the road. That's a good win. The Clippers are okay, but like LeBron, LeBron, by the way, went what six for 11 from three. So right. Anytime you beat a LeBron team when he's feeling with his jumper, it's a good thing. So, right. So like, it, it feels like, and especially this is a huge homestand for, for the Warriors, eight game homestand. So it feels like the Warriors schedule has been kind of soft, but maybe that's because they're like all these teams that we thought were going to be pretty good just aren't that good, right? Like there, I, there hasn't been, Utah's been good. Chicago's been good. Miami's been good, right? But maybe the schedule is just kind of what it is because this looks like a pretty, uh, there's a lot of parody in the NBA. So Maybe that means yeah. Maybe right? it's it has it hasn't been like all Houston and OKC and and Orlando the teams that we just know are awful. It's just kind of like mm, this is kind of what the NBA is. Although there has been some OKC and there will be some Houston this weekend. So um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> at least they won those games, unlike the Lakers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keep moving. OKC does, in fact, have two wins on the year. <laughs> Ricky Garcia, my man, what's up? Oh, nothing much. Um, so I was kind of perusing through uh, through StatMuse um, for the last few minutes, and right now the Warriors have the best defense in the NBA and the best by any team in the last 18 years. And at the same time... Um, StatMuse also says that Steph Curry has the best defensive rating uh, among guards right now. So do you think Steph is a candidate for an all-NBA defense team this year? <laughs> Ricky, I love the call. So there's, <laughs> there's two things going on. 
One, will Steph get the respect to make an all-defensive team, Aaron? No. No, I don't think so either. I think I think you could actually make the case he deserves it. I mean, so far he I don't does. Think he's yes. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm just I'm just brought to the fact that like Russell Westbrook's been given all defensive votes way too many times in a row, and he's never really deserved it. So you know, if if we're gonna give the superstar who kind of tries to play defense some votes, give it to Steph. Steph is Steph has always been. Um, an underrated defender, right? He's he's seen as a liability on defense. That's his reputation, and it isn't true. He's average, maybe a little better than average, uh, but no, he's not going to. I think he's actually. I think he's actually trending up on defense. I actually think he's getting more athletic and and, and, and stronger. So he, so it's harder well. to pick on him. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean Steph is. I don't think Steph is going to make an all defensive team. Although he he may lead the Warriors in block shots when when this is all done after tonight. <laughs> um, and I would say, I, yes, the Warriors have the best defense um, so far. And I think the Warriors are going to be somewhere between a good and very good defensive team. The best defense in, you know, since whatever stuff is kind of a red herring because offensive numbers this year are, are down. Yeah, so I want to I ask you about that. Actually, you, you're pivoting it perfectly. So how much are you reading into the low offensive numbers as like a trend of the league changing and like broader speaking, just look, the refs are officiating fouls differently this year. They're actually calling it like an actual basketball game as opposed to whatever the hell we watched last few years. But um, how much, how much are you actually buying this as kind of like the direction of the league versus, you know, it's the first week in November. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think it's more of the latter. Um, We see often when, when something in the off season becomes a point of emphasis with the officials that it is officiated very heavily early and then it, it drops off a little bit. I think we have seen the end of grifter ball as, as you guys like to call it. Um, But I hope so. I think, I think it is going to come back a little bit and all of these offensive players that, that have suffered, whether it's, you know, Trey and Dame and, and Harden, fat Harden that you mentioned earlier. Um, all of those guys are so good. I think there is, I, I like, right. it is going to cost them. Oh, you know, you know, you don't think Trey is going to shoot 21% from three for the rest of the year. I, I do not. And I think the other part <laughs> of it though, in addition to the like elimination of grifter ball, um, I think those guys will adjust, but I, the other part of it is that the, the freedom of movement stuff is not being called as much either. Um, so uh, guys are getting away with a lot more hand checking, a lot more grabbing, and I think that probably is going to even out some. I expect the offensive numbers to rise because these really talented offensive players are going to get more used to how it is now. Um, right. But also I think that in some of the grifter stuff will get loosened up and allowed. And I think guys are going to be allowed to move more freely than they have been so far this year. So I expect offensive numbers to, to rise as the season goes on. Um, but you know, I, it has the, the anti grifter stuff has taken a bite out of some of the offenses because that was the most efficient offense in the NBA is, you know, these really good free throw shooters getting to the line on bullshit. So bump, bump, uh, pop your neck back. Did you see, did you see James? He wasn't, I don't remember who it was. He couldn't beat him off the bounce and then uh, lost the ball backcourt and just didn't. Yes. Harden is nothing if not a dude who, you know, if he's, if he's going to quit on a play, he's going to quit a hundred percent and, and let the highlight go. But for a lot of these guys, like Harden and, and, there's so much uh, muscle memory and years and years and right. years of perfecting this thing that worked, whether you like it or not, it will work. And, and there's so much muscle memory in it that when it's, when the bullets are flying and when you get stressed, you revert back to, you know, what is comfortable for you, what you know how to do. So I think it is going to take some time yeah. for guys to deprogram themselves away from it. And, and, and you, see, you see, Steph has been doing it too. Like, you know, flicking his leg out and trying to get fouls on threes that used to get called and they're not sure. anymore. And that's kind of how I've, I, I just assumed it was going. It's like, you know, it's funny to make fun of, but like 
I'm not concerned about Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Trey Young's ability to score the ball. Like they're gonna be fine. I'm starting to get concerned about Dame. Uh, he was awful again today. Yeah, but I'm starting to get. I mean, he's so good. I'm starting to look unless unless he lost a step. Like you don't go from averaging thirty to like struggling to get to eighteen. I think. Like, yes, he loves to use his burst to get to the free throw line. And, like, he was deceptively one of the bigger grifters in the NBA. Like, people don't think of him that way, right? But, like, he knows how to get to the line. But I I don't know. He's going to come around. Like, he's shooting 20% from three. That's not a a free throw line thing. That's just a cold streak for whatever reason. Yeah, he doesn't – I mean, I think part of it with Dame is, to me at least, he doesn't look – quite right physically which is a whole nother conversation sure. but um yeah i i think it's something to to pay attention to like beal beal was bad has kind of bounced back um james looks not great still but dame it's, it's it, something feels a little off all right jake what's up man yeah I, well, I just wanted to say first off that it's so great to see a bench that has chemistry again after the last couple of years. The ball is moving when Steph and Draymond aren't on the floor, and that's really great to see. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask about is, you know, the, the one name we haven't mentioned uh, in the last two weeks, which has been so great, is Ben Simmons. Um I, there's no reason to trade the farm for him at this point with this kind of start. But I did want to ask because it's come up a couple of times. Is there somebody else out there that you guys would be willing to, uh, you know, would be the bright improvement for this offense? Might be on a crappy team that uh, is looking to move something at the trade deadline. What else? What else might be out there? Jake, that's a great that's a great um, question. So the only other name we know who's been actively shopped is Pascal Siakam. So I want to get Aaron's opinion on this. Um, Ben Simmons or Pascal Siakam. If you're the Warriors, let's, let, let's just say, all right. And all you're saying that the cost is the same for each? Yes. Let's say, yeah, it's, it's uh, the end of 2021 right now. Ben Simmons is currently doing whatever the hell he's doing with Philly, which every day makes me more uncomfortable. And then, you know, Siakam's coming off a shoulder surgery, which is worrisome for different reasons, but still very much basketball worrisome. Where are you at? Uh, neither at this point. Um, but if we're forced to pick between the two, um, so I think when ben, you say, ben, neither, think when ben, you say think, neither, when you say neither, you mean in context of what the price would be to get them, right? Correct. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, I think um, if, the, if the price is lowered, are you more excited? I mean, yes, um, but that's all relative. If if I'm sure, forced yes. to pick between, <laughs> right? If like you, know, you want you want Damian Lee, right? You want, um, but all the Damian Lee's been I don't know their fourth or fifth best player probably. Um, between the two, Simmons. Yeah, yeah Loki, he's not a throwing. Yeah, uh, between the two, Simmons. I think just because um, the like, no matter what happens with. Um, all of the shooting stuff. Ben Simmons has one of the most elite skills in the league. I think that fits would fit incredibly well with, uh, with Steph and with clay ability to attract a Kardashian. I mean, that is an elite skill. Uh, (laughs) Although maybe not so much if you're in the NBA, it may not be so difficult. Um, He can get in the paint and find three point shooters. If you take all of the, the rest of it away, the, why didn't you dunk on, on Trey? And um, all of the, the, the stuff worried about jumpers, all of that through all of that, he can get in the paint and find three point shooters. I, I think for the last couple of years, I think he's led the league in assisted three pointers or assisting on three pointers. And um, I think that that just tracks incredibly well with, um, with, with but, Steph but, but, and, and Clay. Let's, let's, let's back this up because like you're correct here. You you don't seem particularly interested in either of those players. Um, Correct. And the the, the Siakam shoulder. 
It does. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like it, it's cool. I I love the idea of Siakam, but like if you can't use a shoulder, it's a problem for basketball. Um, is it fair to say, given the way the Warriors are playing right now, that you are not willing to part with any of the young players uh, unless it's more of a sure thing than what those players represent? Which is like one, it's a ugly contract divorce the other it's uh, we don't know if he can use half of his shoulders basically so yeah i'm not uh i am more willing to part with the young guys i mean obviously sure (laughs) i I keep saying i i believe in wiseman probably more than anyone but i'm willing to to part with wiseman um if i think it improves the Warriors championship odds, even by a few percent this year. I, I think that's something sure. that you should probably do. Um, so it's not, it's not even about the hesitancy um, about losing the young guys. Um, I think, I think you owe it to Steph and, and Clay and Draymond to try to take a real run at it. I just, because of the landscape of the NBA in total and because of how good the Warriors have been so far without those young guys, like, well, that, that's, um, I don't know. If I, you, think, I just think you don't mess with it right now. I think, yeah, that, I think my, my overarching question to you as trying to get an outside perspective on this is the Warriors are playing excellent basketball. It looks sustainable, you know, maybe not seven and one all year because that's like 70 win record but like you know like they look like they're going to be a very good team and nothing they're doing is unsustainable does that make you less interested in making a trade or a little more protective over what we would consider future long-term assets because they look like they're going to walk into 50 plus wins at this right Right. yeah i think it's i think it's less about protecting the future and more about at this point, I think you just don't want to mess with it. I, I like, I legitimately, if you ask me right now, who's the best team in the NBA, I think it's the Warriors. Um, okay. And so I, I'm not, and the, the other part about it is if you watch the game tonight, as I'm sure everyone in here did, they look like they are having a lot of fun um, and enjoying each other and the combinations are working. And so I think that's kind of another thing that you don't necessarily want to mess with when it's going well, unless like you get hit with such an overwhelming offer that you kind of like, you can't say no. I just, I, yeah, I just, it's, it's for me, it's not even about protecting the future, protecting the young guys. It's kind of just about like whatever this strange brew is that's going on right now. I don't think you mess with it unless you're so you, certain that you can't turn something. You got to be overwhelmed. You get like, someone's got to come to you. with like, you want Giannis? Like, okay, yes, I'll take Giannis type of deal. This is what you're getting at. Okay. I think that's fair, and I actually think that's a fair question to ask because the Warriors at seven and one are officially a good team trending in the right direction. And we've spent the last like few months discussing do they have enough and should they make a move. So I think I think this is all a fair question. I'm gonna get to the last caller of the night. JJ, what's up, man? JJ, if you're on hey. mute. Oh, what's up, man? Hey, nothing much. Uh, I think there's a quote out there that uh, perfectly explains why Dame is struggling. And I, I'm quoting Dame here. He's not getting those quality looks right now. It's different from the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad y'all got that. Uh, so, but on a serious note, I really don't like that Andre is playing so many minutes. Like, I really am enjoying watching Andre play. But I, I really think that if we're going to go for anyone in middle of the season or by the trade deadline, we should definitely focus on a wing distributor or just a distributor in general, someone that can run the offense. JJ, I appreciate it. I, I agree with you. And then, okay, so two different things. One, I, at some point, Iguodala is going to start getting load managed a little more than he is right now. Like they're, they're he, he already is. He was a healthy scratch already once. Yeah, I mean, we we got to be we got to be fair with this. They haven't played a back to back. They've been at home. The only road trips they've taken have been to LA. So it's not like you know 
they're they've had a very favorable early start to the season. We all know when the NBA season starts moving, like you know, you might see Andre miss a game because they're on the road a little more. Uh, but to his point, okay, wing creator. I think everyone in the NBA is always looking for another wing creator. Um, with that said, Aaron, if you could add any specific thing to this team, what would it be? Um, a guy that you can play on the wing in the playoffs, even if he's not great, just a guy that could play on the wing um, that you don't have to say, if right? Like you don't have to hold your nose either offensively or defensively on the wing. A guy that can hold up in the playoffs, even if he's just kind of an average wing, decent guy, a guy like a, you know, Warriors target the last couple of years, like a Nick Batum, where you can say, all right, this guy can guard a little bit. He can create a little bit, you know, he can shoot a little bit, just somebody that's not going to get on the wing. That's not going to get played off the floor because he can only play offense or defense in the playoffs. I like it. Um, for me, it's a shot creator who could play next to Steph Curry and I don't care about anything else. And that's not easy to find. And everyone's looking for a shot creator with size, but I would just, I would love this team to have, one more player who can create off the bounce in some capacity. Uh, and, and the obvious one would be as a wing, but I'm not going to be that selfish because it's hard to find. How, how interesting is it that like the Warriors basically don't play anybody? Well, I guess Bielitsa and Porter, but they're not really thought of as, as centers necessarily, even though they both kind of are. The Warriors start nobody you know bigger than 6'9", and – we haven't seen anything from Wiseman yet, and nobody's answer is they got to get another big. That's kind of that I think is indicative of where the league is and is going. Yeah, totally. I mean, they, they, I just give me another six five guy who can create a shot. Basically, is where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, with that said, appreciate everyone who rolled in tonight. Warriors are in, in a good spot right now. Go figure. Things go well with the Warriors. These green rooms sound a lot more positive. Appreciate you, Aaron. Shocking. Yeah, my pleasure, brother. Have a good one, guys. Appreciate you all. We'll be back after Sunday's game against the Rocket.